You are the master of your reality. This is even more true in relation to the government. Democracy doesn't just happen. It takes participation. Governments need participation and feedback from their citizens. Join Rob Hutchinson for Dear Parliament, where you get to understand the issues and engage directly with government. Dear Parliament is every Wednesday at midday, only on 101.9 High FM. And welcome to the maiden show of Dear Parliament, a show where we open our Parliament right up to you. Not only is this a show where we open up Parliament right to you, but we remind you that you have the power to shape your future through your constitutionally guaranteed right to participate in policy formation. Now, a lot of people have asked why, why is participation important? And well, it's a very, very good question. So, if we go back in, in, in a slight history here and, and why we, we started this show and we started uh, public participation initiatives like, like Dear South Africa, it's because Parliament's role and outcomes are to represent the people and ensure government by the people under the Constitution, as well as to represent the provinces and local governments in the national sphere of government. In addition, the facilitation of public participation and involvement in this process is therefore, the, therefore central to the mandate of, of our Parliament. Our Parliament um, participation process has evolved considerably since the first democratic elections back in, in 1994. And the nature of public participation has radically changed with the drafting of uh, the South African Constitution, which was actually drafted in 1996. Surprisingly, a lot of people really don't, don't know that. The Constitution uh, asserts that South Africa is a constitutional democracy and which upholds representative and participatory democracy, which means that members of parliament must represent the views of us, the people. Whilst a participatory democracy, the public is meant to be actively involved in the decision-making processes, such as law-making and oversight. This is extremely important because what it does is it places the power of a democracy back in the hands of you and me. So yeah, public participation is a great reminder that we as citizens are in fact in control of our democracy and in control of our day-to-day -day activities and of, of our government. And that's what this show is going to be about. We're going to Get, get in touch with certain members of, of parliament, certain behind the scenes players in parliamentary committees and have a chat to them and see what, what going, what is going on in parliament and how you can be involved in shaping the outcome and shaping your future. So, um, there's a lot we can talk about. We've got guests on today, including a very special guest, a, a lady by the name of Deirdre Carter, who was a member of parliament and who was intimately involved in the Constitutional Review Committee, the, which was a committee set up to uh, review the, the Constitution, to answer the questions that the public might have, and to address uh, any shortcomings that Parliament might might have uh, not thought about as such. The, uh, then we'll move on to... Deirdre's other roles in, in shaping other legislation and discuss the differences between what is a petition, what is public participation, what is a private member's bill and how you as a, as a member of the public can actually shape, shape your future. So public participation closes the gap between the decision makers and those they represent. In fact, us, the people. 
And we'll get into that more and more. And every week we'll have a new guest and chat further further on about new legislation that has been introduced. Currently, there are several bills in Parliament uh, open for for participation. And this is your opportunity to shape those outcomes. If we have a look at uh, different uh, societal issues, all societal issues are either brought about by inadequate uh, inadequate policy, missing policy, or in some cases, overpowering legislation or policy. Because, as, as was mentioned already before, you're, we live in a participative democracy, which encourages you to be involved in those uh, shaping those policies as they directly affect affect you. And there will be much more that we can talk about. Um, we can talk about uh, really any anything that goes on, the couple of uh, public participation initiatives that are currently open in Parliament, our um, issues around the new nuclear bill that is proposed by, by NERSA. Uh, we have uh, policies proposed by our national broadcaster, SABC, some of which are highly controversial, and uh, and so on. Then we have um, a, your opportunity to have a say on the rollout of uh, COVID-19 vaccines in South Africa. Parliament wants to hear what issues you might be facing as a community or an individual and how they can overcome that. And the only way we can get those messages and that information back through to, to our representatives is through the uh, proper public participation process. So public participation is a vital piece of legislation and it is a powerful tool when it comes to shaping your democracy and, and your outcomes. Without, without it, our representatives would not be representing but would be leading us. Would be leading us and then that was not the ideal situation. We've got to remind ourselves that we, the people, are in fact the leaders. We're going to take a quick uh, ad break and then We'll chat to Deirdre Carter when we when we get back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. Welcome back to to 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson, and you're listening to Dear Parliament. On the on the line, we uh, I'm not sure if we have Deirdre Carter on the line just yet, um, but anyway, we'll wait until we can actually get 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 her online there. What what Deirdre is going to talk to us about is uh, her role inside uh, public participation throughout the expropriation bill, and that that started back in in 2018 and about June 2018 when the a member of parliament, Vincent Smith, put out a, a question to, to the public. And his question was, I want the public to answer the question as to whether the Constitution, Section 25, is an impediment to the land reform program. If it is indeed an impediment, what changes do they desire? Then he, then he went on to ask, uh, wanted to hear from the public, what side of the spectrum, no matter what side of the spectrum you are, we want to want to hear about those views from those people. We want to hear about people who argue that the Constitution in its current form is not an impediment. And he was specifically referring to Section 25.8 uh, of the Constitution. And 
why people feel that it should be amended or whether it shouldn't be amended. And that was the first process that started the uh, public uproar. It was the biggest participation event South Africa had ever seen. Parliament received around uh, over 700,000 uh, comments from, from individuals in the public as well as several public institutions and uh, non-profit organizations. And Deirdre Carter, uh, Deirdre Carter was instrumental in, in Prozir. Deirdre, how are you doing? Hi, good afternoon, Rob, and a good afternoon to your listeners. I'm very excited to be here today. Fantastic. We're excited to have you on, Deirdre. We know you have some fantastic insights and behind-the-scenes knowledge on, on the whole process of what went on in Parliament and how it all happened. And what, what, was, what was your actual role in, in the establishment of, of this uh, Constitutional Review Committee? How did it come about? Well, first on the Constitutional Review Committee, um, it wasn't, a, you know, firstly, I served on the Constitutional Review Committee itself, so I was a committee member. But at the start of Section 25 specifically, um, a decision was, you know, um, the, basically the committee decided and the minority parties really engaged and boxed and it was eventually agreed that every political party could have a representative but that there could only be two voting members which were the people that were originally on the constitutional review committee. Well, needless to say, I traversed the length and the breadth of our country um, and you know, went to all the public hearings met up with people before and after the hearings, have seen some horrendous things happening during this period as well. Um, but yeah, through this whole process and through Dear South Africa specific, specifically, we managed to submit in excess of 220,000 submissions, um, all with comments from um, you know, just one platform. And as you said, over 700,000 in total, which was absolutely a, a game changer in the political um, atmosphere in this country and the political landscape. Oh, yes, it, it was a fun time. And I, I, I remember it well, many, many late nights and lots of stress and delivering two, two and a half tons of, of paper through to, through to Parliament into that boardroom. It was, it was quite something. Now, Deirdre, the... Uh, there were several um, issues and, and concerns that that we did have around the the viewing and the reading of of these public submissions and uh, you mentioned you mentioned quite an interesting point there that it was a flood of of information and a flood of participation never never seen before what How did public participation fare before this was was it you know, as big as it was, was this a, a total? You said it was a game changer. How, how did that? How exactly was was it a game changer? What, what were the figures before, and what were the figures after? And has that change continued through to now? Well, Rob, I'm hoping that I'll be able to give you some information on a private member's bill of mine as well, because I've had two, and in those you can clearly see the difference. Where the one there wasn't public much public participation, and with the other one we've also used a platform, and I'm not too sure if I can use the name, but we used the Video South Africa platform as well, and the, it was just phenomenal the amount of. Um, submissions we actually received. But just to get back to the CRC side, um, 
On the Constitutional Review Committee, it was number one, I think because I was also key in the over 220,000 submissions, I realized what we're getting ourselves into. But I can guarantee you that the rest of the committee members didn't have an idea what we were getting ourselves into. I mean, your your email servers were crashing. There were too many emails coming in. Um, we were provided one week to work through 700,000 submissions. I did a calculation and I said, well, if I spent um, two minutes reading each submission, it will take us, and I think it worked out something like 11 years if we work 24-7 to work through all of those submissions. Um, so we were provided a week to go and look at, at the submissions, which is just totally wasn't acceptable. From my side, I even compiled a summary, um, which consisted of just the summary consisted of something like 11,000 pages. And, and even that summary was never open. And shockingly, when I went and submitted our submission in last year, January, I went and hand-delivered um, Agri-Limpopo submission on, on the, you know, Section 25. And I so happened to be in the very same room where all of our boxes that we hand-delivered were still sealed from the previous participation process. Yeah, no, that, that is, a, is, is a major concern. But it, as you say, it, it could have been because of the unexpected flood of, of public submissions. And if you, if you just look at the number of hours and the work that you put into that, it's hard for people to justify the, the, the misconception that our members of parliament don't actually do, do any work. Deirdre, you, you certainly do prove, prove that to, to be wrong as during your time as, as deputy general secretary of, of, of COPE. I congratulate you there on that. The, the other, the other issue that you did bring up, um, is, the private members bill. Now, what, what is, can, what is a private members bill? How does it differ from, from a normal bill? I, I did some, some quick research and, and found out that there's, there's only been three private members bills that have ever been uh, accepted by and adopted by, by our parliament and, and two of them were yours. How did you, how did you do that? Well, you know, firstly, what I need to say is in terms of section 73 of the constitution, any bill may be introduced into the National Assembly by a cabinet member, a deputy minister, or a member or committee of the National Assembly. Now, so there's various types of bills. You get the bills that amend the Constitution. You get ordinary bills that are split into two separate, you know, there's a Section 75 bill. The 75 bill is a bill not affecting provinces, and then a Section 76 bill, actually affects provinces. And then you've got your money and your finance bills that can only be introduced by a minister of finance. So, interesting, we, we have to thank the late Mario Ambrosini for the right to submit a private member's bill. Um, Mario wanted to introduce an amendment to the National Credit Act as a member of parliament. And the then speaker, um, it was um, Speaker Max Asulu, refused him permission to do so because it was not in the rules of parliament or um, specified in the constitution. Mario then took it to the Western Cape High Court, but he lost the case and he then um, decided to turn to the constitutional and actually appeal to the constitutional court, 
which ruled in his favor um, in 2012. So, um, you know, if we have a look, bills drawn up by an individual member are then called private members bill, and then a committee concerned with members' legislature proposals in each house decide whether this bill will meet the criteria um, if it and can be introduced into the house. Now, Mario's ruling really opened the way for individual members of parliament to propose legislation under the Ambrosini rule. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. And then, uh, you know, from, I can just come in yeah. there if if you if you don't mind. And and I must say to you, my second private members' bill was actually one that. That was also triggered by Mario Ambrosini, and that was the right to die with dignity. You know, Mario at the end actually took his own life because of a cancer that was eating him up alive. And although my private member's bill would have been the second one in, um, with a delay, it actually happened that his medical innovation bill for the use of marijuana, Ambrosini's or Mario's own bill, was in fact the second bill, which we can all be so proud of. And it always makes me emotional. (laughs) I can certainly hear that. No, he was was certainly, wasn't it, was an amazing individual with uh, one incredibly intelligent man from from what I can remember. And he certainly changed the way uh, the public is allowed to interact through through a representative representatives in Parliament, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but if a, if a, the public run a petition or if an organisation runs a petition, then that they gather that those the signatures for that they present it to a member of of Parliament, and then the member of Parliament can turn that petition uh, memorandum into a private members bill, which can then be presented through to to the National Assembly, and then. The other way is obviously for uh, going through the uh, parliamentary portfolio committees, who who put out uh, calls for calls for comment. Um, which, in your your opinion, do you think is is the most effective effective way? Considering that um, uh, the private members' bills are normally presented by an opposition a member of parliament. You know what, Rob, I have to say to you that there's different ways. It depends on the bill. Um, I would say that a petition, I've never used a petition. I've received a complaint to say there was discrimination by state departments against individuals. And I looked at the Civil Union Act, and I believe that there was a case to be made. We did our research. Okay, we wrote a letter to the speaker Meant, you know, saying to her that I am looking at introducing a private member's bill, which is a repealing section six of the Civil Unions Act. Um, I was then given access to the parliamentary legal team, an amazing bunch of people, um, fantastic resource to have, and they assisted me. So it doesn't really have to just be a petition. You can go to a member of parliament, you can say this is your complaint, they will look into it and they can take it further. This was a pretty controversial one, so not many were happy to actually touch it. But for me, it was the the, um, the right of every South African, okay, and your human rights. 
that stood out and because it was something that was so clear in the constitution and I didn't care if it was controversial, I took it on and at the end we got it passed. But there's other ways as well. Um, you know, the one is to take it to a committee, but then you can actually petition through the National Council of Provinces. Now, this is something that if there is an opportunity to talk about the private members' bills, mine specifically, I will mm. then um, also just tell you what my plans are for the future on one of my private members' bills that did not see the day of light, sadly. <laughs> you are welcome to t- tell us. T- take us through the whole uh, NCOP process. There's recently been one, uh, another one presented by, I think it was Cope and the the Electoral Amendment Act, which was allowing individuals to to run for uh, for uh, positions in, in on a national level, whereas previously they they weren't. And most of these amendments seem to be brought around um, policy that's out of line with with the Constitution. And as everybody, every South African should know, the Constitution is the supreme law of of the land. Therefore, all policy should align align with that. Um, Tell us more about the the NCOP process there, and and please feel free to to enlighten us as to what what bills that you had on the go. Yeah, well, um, the two bills that I've had, the one was, as I said, the, I introduced the amendment to the Civil Union Act, and then the second one was the Health Amendment Bill, that and that was specifically to recognise living wills. Now. Firstly, you prepare your own research, as I've said, when you believe that the amendment is indeed in the best interest of the people of South Africa, you give notice to the Speaker of a National Assembly. In return, you will then, um, you know, get the research team to assist you. It will go through an advertising process and all of that. Sadly, what happened, well, firstly, I'm going to say with the, with the Civil Union Act, the committee was absolutely amazing. They actually dealt with um, the Civil Union Act. Most of them had served on the committee, and they knew that it was long overdue to repeal Section 6. So in that case, I believe that my um, relationship with the committee, um, the fact that we have, you know, we could prove discrimination, we could prove that it was um, unconstitutional what was happening, so the committee bought into it with, with no problem. But when it came to the um, the Health Amendment Bill, unfortunately, we oh, I just wanted to mention with the, with the Civil Union Act, we had 105 comments, of which 84 was in favour of the amendment. But it's important to mention here that it's never a petition or a referendum. It is not about the quantity or how many are saying yes or how many are saying no. It is absolutely about what your inputs into it. So if you're saying do not amend it or do not repeal that section, say why you're saying it. Propose alternatives. It's not a referendum. You've got to put proposals on the table. And that is what is important with a public participation process. Please remember this. It's not a referendum. It's not voting. It's putting alternative ideas on the table. That's what it's about. So at the end of the day, when it came to the Health Amendment Bill, unfortunately, I tried everything in my power. I even met with the minister um, 
in the National Assembly, I would walk over and go sit next to him and say, Minister, we need to talk about this bill. Um, and sadly, um, when it came to, to 2019, it was end of parliament, you know, the, the fifth parliament, and it still had not seen um, the light. So, you know, and I have a very strong, if, if we look at the Irish proverb that says, Death is the poor man's doctor. And I really feel very, very strongly about it. And whilst this health amendment bill um, represented a small but significant step for man in matters related to end-of-life decision, my hope was, and until today is, that it will foster greater debate and ultimately lead to a giant leap for mankind in respect of a right to die with dignity in South Africa. So for this reason, I am absolutely looking at the possibilities of petitioning the NCOP and as a person that is no longer a member of parliament that I want to introduce this bill by petitioning the NCOP. At this stage, I'm waiting for information to come back to me, to explain to me how to do it and what to do. I'm going to interrupt you there so we can have have a quick break. And then when when we get back, let's find out more about about this process, what you plan to do and how how we plan to do it. We'll, We'll be back shortly after this quick break. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm Bob Hutchinson and we're chatting now to Deirdre Carter. He's given us a, some very interesting information on the insides of our parliament and how policy is, is for it. Deirdre, you were, you were talking about some upcoming events and how you're going to now influence policy as as an outsider, no longer a member of parliament, but as an outsider, which is applicable to all all of us as as South African citizens. Yeah. Well, Rob, I think firstly, um, you know, like I said to you, there's different ways of doing it, and the one is to to go to your to your representative, and I want to just bring this point out because this is something in the two terms for 10 years that I spent in parliament I always believed that I was a SOP a servant of the people and therefore if you have any legislative changes that you think that should happen go to your member of parliament they are not VIPs they are not very important people they are supposed to be on duty 24 7 365 days a year Okay, and let them serve you. You voted for them. They've got to be your servants and go and introduce those. But like I did say, I am currently looking at an alternative as a non-member of parliament, how to introduce legislation. There's two possible ways. And the one, well, the one is to go back to another member of parliament and ask them to take it forward as their private member's bill. Um, or secondly, is to go through the whole NCOP process to petition the NCOP. I, at this stage, cannot give you much more information on that specifically because I'm waiting for information on how to go about it. But then there's another alternative, and this was a third private member's bill that we've actually introduced into Parliament. But unfortunately, due to the time, 
Um, it was something that I worked on with Mr. Likota at this stage, and that is that why is it that you can have an independent standing in a municipal election, but you cannot have an independent standing in um, provincial or national um, you know, elections? And because we saw that the time frame um, could be a lengthy process, it was actually taken to the Constitutional Court, and the Constitutional Court ruled in favour. So the IEC has got a responsibility by the next um, national election, which would be in, let me try and think now, 2024. They will have to make provision for individuals to stand. Um that could be pretty hectic at the end of the day if you mm-hmm. think what your ballot paper could look like. But let's not, you know, that's not our problem. Our problem is that every South African's voice must be heard. And sadly, what has happened in the past is that we've seen that with a constitutional review committee. We've seen that with so many of the legislation that it no, even with the, um, the, impeachment of a former president, um, Mr. Zuma, was that it was no longer individuals representing the, the people that voted for them, but they actually had to stand up and toe the party line. So when you've got individuals standing, um, you will not have a stove party line, but you will have a person that you can go to that can represent you and not represent their party. So to me, although that never um, went through as a private member's bill due to time constraints, the Constitutional Court ruled on it, which is really exciting, and it's exciting to see what is going to happen in the future. Rob, if it is possible, you mentioned something earlier on, and, and I thought that it's quite important, especially because we've got bills like the expropriation bill and those. Um, and also, you know, with dear parliament, and why do we need public participation? Yes, so absolutely. If it is time and you've, you've got a, another minute for me, I would absolutely actually like to say something about that. Absolutely. Well, that was actually my ne- my next question. It's <laughs> why why should the normal people of South Africa, and when I say normal people, I'm not referring to myself uh, in a loose manner because a lot of people say I'm not normal. I'm a bit slightly off off center, but <laughs> be that as it may, why do uh, ordinary citizens why should they participate in in policy formation? Does it actually make a difference? Does does Parliament listen to us? Do they, do they form, do they actually take our opinions? Do our opinions count? And really, what, what, what is the strength? We see it as a powerful tool, but does, does Parliament actually take notice of, of what we do? Well, you know, I want to, firstly, I'm going to say to you that Parliament is, is Parliament of the people, for the people. And our constitution is one of the best in the world, and it provides for public participation. It is important for every South African to take ownership of legislation, and thus they should get involved in the public participation process. Now, you ask the question, what happens with it? If we look at the Constitutional Review Committee, 700,000 submissions are lying there. What happened? Mm. It wasn't looked at. But did you waste your time 
if you just said yes or no, yes, you wasted your time. Okay? Because it's not a referendum. It's not about yes or no. It is about putting alternatives on the table. That's what it is about. So, really want to say to you, public participation, if there's a questionnaire to say, sign this. Okay? If a million people sign that, it's going to count as one. Because it's only one idea on the table. Therefore, I'm saying to you, stay away from all of these bulk messages going around because you are actually wasting your time. Mm. But what you do is, if you go and you say, I, Deirdre Carter, residing at this address with this email address, is not in favor of amendment. This is what I propose. And this is what I, why I think it should not be amended. And you do it in your own words, okay? That is a submission. It's a unique submission. It is not something that's been sent um, out bulk with, with not your comments on. It's mm-hmm. crucial. It is important to note that it is never a referendum nor a petition. Correct. So... Yeah. I want to reiterate, when you participate, you must provide reasons why you agree or not agree with draft amendments to the bill or even to the Constitution. It is not a voting process, and thus it does not matter how many agrees or disagrees there are. It's all about the content. Can you put an alternative on the table? Point out what you believe will fail at the end of the day. Um, Public participation is to strengthen legislation. Now, if they do Mm. not listen to you, okay, and they do not read it, there's alternatives. You've tried. Where is it going to end up? It's more than likely going to end up in a high court or a constitutional court because you had a constitutional right to submit submissions and Members of parliament or committees had a constitutional responsibility to look at those. Absolutely. And if they don't, mm. then there's you can take action. Absolutely. Yes. Deirdre, thank you so much, so much for your time and wonderful insight and knowledge into the power of of public participation and, and why it is so important and the, the strengths and differences that it, that it can make. It is a fantastic tool. Deirdre, I hope to have you on again very, very, very soon. Uh, we can go more into more depth about uh, your your knowledge that you've gained and definitely go go further forward on this. We're going to take a quick, quick break and then we'll be right back after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Podcasts, community events, competitions, promotions, contact details, it's all on our website, highfm.com. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. Hey, welcome back to 101.9 High FM. Yeah, I'm Rob Hutchinson and you're on the Dear Parliament show. We had a fantastic chat with, with Deirdre Carter, gave us some fantastic insights that she learned as a member of Parliament, as Deputy General Secretary of COPE at the time, during her 10-year stint as a member of Parliament. What wonderful insights. And what, what she certainly highlighted to us is that 
public participation in our participative democracy is vitally important. Parliament makes many decisions, dozens of decisions on a weekly basis. There are, there are several committees that sit uh, twice a week, sometimes three times a week, and they make legislative decisions, changes that need to be done in certain laws, in certain community laws, including tariff structures at our state-owned entities. All of this affects you directly. And according to our constitution, you are guaranteed the right to have your say and influence how this policy is is amended and influence the outcome of a new policy that is uh, Put in, put into for in draft form, and it's vitally important that you do do participate. There are many ways to do it. You can either attend a a public hearing, which is uh, advertised and put out by the various committees, or you can send send an email, uh, a WhatsApp to directly to to Parliament to have your say, or you can use a a platform which we offer on on dearsouthafrica.co.za. The advantage of doing that is that we keep a record of all the public participation. We perform uh, reports and summaries and present them to the committee on your behalf. And should decisions be made that are out of line with the general consent of the public, then we have the evidence that we can challenge the outcome or the implemented policy that, that takes place. Remember a very important part that um, Deirdre Carter kindly highlighted to us there is that it's not a voting system. It's not a referendum. It's not a yes or no. It is your opportunity to offer valuable input into policy formation, providing substantive uh, comments or suggestions or highlighting exactly where Parliament or your representative in Parliament has got it wrong. So please take advantage of that. It's a powerful tool. And in the upcoming shows, we'll be talking to more behind-the-scenes behind members of Parliament, getting further insights into upcoming, upcoming bills and taking a big step towards getting the entire population involved in their, constitu in their constitutional rights to participate in their, in their democracy. Never forget, we live... If we live in a, a fantastic uh, democracy, we must take advantage of, of the democracy and use the tools and a very strong constitution that we have, that we have in place that guarantees us, guarantees us our right to, to be involved. But we have to take the step to be involved. And as another thing that Deirdre pointed out there very well is that we are the representatives. We are the leaders. They are people, our members of parliament and representatives are simply there to represent our views and we are there to guide them. I thank you for your time. I thank the team uh, in my first show here. It was great fun. Um, I'll get to know all your names soon. <laughs> There's Vusi and Craig and other behind the scenes people and a special mention to um, Benji, Benji Shulman and uh, Senna, Senna Pabesi. Lovely people. I'll catch you next time. Thank you. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish.